Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to today's episode of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we tackle a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. I believe, like Craig Rochelle has said many times, that when a leader gets better, everybody benefits. Your team, your department, your customers, your clients, your spouse, your kids, everybody. Each week, we spotlight leaders from a variety of fields, locations, and organizations. My goal is for you to see that leaders can be catalytic no matter where they are or what they lead. I draw inspiration from the stories and journeys of these leaders, and I hear from many of you that you do too. Let's jump in to today's interview. It is an honor today to have Belinda Ernst on the podcast. Belinda is the director of Larilla, a leadership coaching and consulting business. After more than 10 years in senior leadership positions, she decided to pursue her passion for leadership and establish her own business. She has spent more than 15 years working in Australian federal and state governments, building new teams and functions, managing through change, improving operational service delivery, and so much more. She has always been in client-facing roles and spent years traveling to small and medium-sized businesses, uncovering unique insights and lessons on culture and leadership along the way. A mother to two young children, Belinda understands the challenges of juggling senior executive roles and carving out precious family time. Belinda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I would love for you to share some of your story with our listeners, particularly around your journey and your development as a leader. Belinda, how did you get started? Yeah, sure. Um, So you sort of touched on a good highlight, a good couple of highlights there already in terms of um, my career so far, I suppose. Um, You know, I spent a lot of time working as a public servant, but my early leadership days um, in some respects were a little challenging. And I think that's probably the case actually for Mm. a lot of leaders. So um, I was fortunate that I did have a very good mentor actually sort of previous to sort of stepping into my first leadership role. And I think that sort of helped me a little bit, but to a large extent, I think I was on my own in a way and, Mm. you know, um, trying to sort of figure out how to be a good leader without a great deal of support. And so in some respects, I think it was a little bit of of trial and error, which, you know, it certainly can be um, in leadership, (laughs) even at the best of times and even with a lot of support. Um, (laughs) And I think over the years, uh, you know, the more leadership experience I gained, the more I saw in other leaders, I suppose, sometimes that sense of loneliness. And then that's mm. really what sort of drove me, um, you know, to step away from, you know, <laughs> a long public service career, essentially, and and step out and establish my own company so that I could support other leaders on their journey. I love that. You've got so much experience in so many different areas. I imagine, though, that you've got a pretty good handle on how you would define leadership. That's a really good question. And I do think it's it's different for everybody in some ways, but I think the essence is probably there 
you know, for most leaders, I think it, it's really that ability to inspire action to mm. me. So I think if you can inspire some form of action from your team mm. and you're creating that positive energy, to me that that that's leadership. I think it should be really inspiring something within your within your team. I think that's for me, that's really the definition of leadership. So good. You know, there's, there are a lot of leaders listening who would classify themselves as as young or emerging leaders. What's something that somebody can do right now, no matter where they are in their journey, to start becoming a better leader? It's a good question. I think that emerging leader space can be really challenging for a lot of people. And yeah. my advice there is to lean on your strengths in the first instance. So taking Mm -hmm. the time to do a little bit of self-reflection and thinking about, you know, the areas where you do have strength and it could be even looking at things, I think, a little bit outside of the box. You know, I think people sometimes step into a leadership role and it's a little confronting in the sense of, you know, I don't have prior leadership experience. This is a little bit new to me. Mm -hmm. But actually you've probably got a lot of strengths that you can draw on potentially from other parts of your life. So it doesn't necessarily have to be from work. So, mm, um, you know, I think parent parenting is a good example, even sports teams, you know, I mean, there's a whole range, there's a plethora of strengths I think that you can draw on. And I think um, when you start thinking about those strengths and you sort of lean on those, I think, in those early days, and then obviously you know that there's areas that you need to work on, but you lean on those strengths initially while you're sort of starting to build up in the areas that you know you need to, um, mm. you know, to develop a little bit further as a leader. I think that's probably my key piece of advice. Mm, that's good. You know, with the track that you've got behind you and that I've got behind me as a leader, you know, we know that there are a lot of things that are just part of the part of the journey. Uh, but for a new leader, fear can be immobilizing. How can you tell if somebody is leading from a place of fear? It's a good question. And I think it's it's an easy trap to fall into that fearful leadership. And I think it does happen often um, very subconsciously, you know, that you, you're just not aware that, that you're doing it. So I think some of the types of behaviours that I've seen where people are displaying this type of fearful leadership is things like withholding information, Um, It's sort of that fear around, you know, if I share this information, will it be responded to in the right way? Um, Sometimes it's about not having the trust within your own team to take that information forward and, you know, and use it in the best way. Um, Sometimes it's, I suppose, fear of that information, especially if it's something that you've produced, you know, it's Mm. that wanting some form of validation. And I think that's probably one of the key second things that I would say I see is, constantly seeking validation. So, you know, feedback mm. is obviously an extremely important, um, well, it's a critical component to good leadership, right? You don't know yeah. what you don't know and it's important to uncover those blind spots, but it shouldn't be confused with validation. And I think that often where there's fearful leadership, you see some of that, you know, real desire um, for constant validation. And I think, you know, for an emerging leader, especially there has to be a level of trust that you put in yourself. Um, so mm. where you do know what you're doing, you have to trust yourself. Um, obviously seek help where you, you don't know what you're doing, but where you do, I think you need to trust yourself and, and sort of move forward and seek feedback rather than validation. Mm. I love that distinction. I've never thought of it quite like that. Feedback versus validation. And I think back to my own journey, you know, as a young leader, when 
when I was absolutely seeking validation. <laughs> I, mean, I think, we, and we probably all were in those early days, right? It's an easy sort of yeah. place to fall into, and I think it's it starts with feedback, and yeah. then I think it kind of turns into validation without you necessarily realizing. And then I think you can get into a bit of a trap with it, right? Because it, mm. um, you know, it definitely impairs your ability in terms of decision making, your own empowerment, and things like that. How do you build confidence? as a leader from a place where you you may not have a lot, you know, early on in your journey. Yeah, I think a key one there is you you do have to push yourself a little, you know, and I think mm. you have to sort of push those boundaries um, mm. and be willing to sit sometimes in a, a little bit of discomfort, I think, so that you get that personal growth. Mm. And you know, I suppose back to the the sort of feedback point, some feedback is obviously really important. And I think getting some of that feedback is is helpful. Um, so, you know, some feedback is useful in terms of, um, you know, ensuring that the way that you're going about things is, is meeting the requirements, you know, of mm-hmm. the job and that your team's delivering and things like that. So some feedback's important and then pushing yourself a little. And then I think the other thing is probably, you know, I think taking some time to become a little bit more self-aware and I think it's even beyond self-aware, it's broader emotional intelligence, you know, mm. and it's starting to better understand yourself. I think when you better understand yourself, you start to build confidence because you know the things that are your strengths, you know the things that you need to work on. Mm. And I think there's there is a sense of empowerment and confidence building in that when you um, you know, you feel you can, it's almost as though you can sort of trust yourself in certain areas, you know, you know what mm-hmm. you can lean on. Um, yeah. so it probably goes back a little bit to the earlier point, I think around, around strengths and, you know, and leaning on those. Hmm. Is there a role in that where you can help as a leader to lift your team's performance? I think that this is such a, this to me is, you know, a really interesting topic because I think there's often a lot of confusion in my mind around the real purpose of leadership. And, you know, I suppose Mm. you sort of asked me about that at the beginning. Um, And I think that often, you know, we sort of use leaders as, you know, a a term. Anybody in a senior role is a leader, but that's actually not necessarily the case at all, right? That's a position. It's a title. It's not actually necessarily a leader. And I think that there's often a lot of focus around the deliverables, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. the team needs to deliver X and you, you're you pushing your team harder and harder. And sometimes the harder you push, the less <laughs> result you get. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, that, I think the component, the key component there around, you know, lifting performance is actually about better understanding your team and better understanding your own leadership. So if your own leadership is not strong, you'll never have a high-performing team because then mm. this goes back to the inspiring action thing. If you're not providing any kind of inspiration for your team, you will never lift that performance. And it's also about 
again, it's about understanding yourself, but it's also about taking the time to understand your team. So what are their drivers? What motivates them? Mm. What are their strengths? What makes them want to get out of bed each day and come to work? You know, what's the stuff that they kind of really live to do at work? Um, You know, we all have to get caught up in the, you know, some of the boring admin nitty gritty day-to-day, you know, running of things. So that's unavoidable. But understanding the things that your team is really passionate about and what really drives them can be really helpful in terms of creating that inspiration, um, which really does help to to drive performance. That's really good. And I, and I wonder, are there things that a leader can do to increase their inspiration ability, their ability to, to inspire others, to lead them to accomplish more? Yeah, absolutely. I think a, a key area here is around reflection. You know, mm. I think if you get mm. to the point that you're a leader yourself, then chances are you've got a little bit of experience up your sleeve in terms of, you know, hopefully you've had a, a good experience yourself in terms of being led by somebody. Yeah. And then chances are, unfortunately, that you may have also had an experience, you know, with a leader that wasn't so great. And yeah. I sometimes think that's almost this fantastic starting point that gets overlooked. It's kind of, you know, what what were all the great things that a leader did for you? What inspired you to do things? And then I suppose obviously, again, it comes back to a little bit around understanding your own motivation and, mm. you know, what, what appeals to that motivation, I suppose. So you need to do that for your team. But taking a look at the things that work to inspire yourself is definitely a really good starting point, I think, um, you know, in that process of, you know, what can I be doing sort of right now that might sort of shift the dial a little bit? Mm, I love that. Every leader that I talk to would affirm that there are conversations that are challenging that happen in teams and in leadership is part of what we do. I'm sure you've had quite a few challenging conversations in your own journey. I have. <laughs> What's your advice for managing those? I think with a challenging situation, the real look, the key to success in my mind is addressing things quickly. I think the longer that you mm. let anything fester, the greater the challenge becomes. And yeah. you know, one of the key ones I see with leaders is around performance management, and mm. it can be a really challenging situation for many leaders and you know leaders of all all experience levels, but certainly for you know new and emerging leaders. And the longer that you left leave that type of thing to fester, it starts seeping out right into the broader mm. team. There's wider yeah. impact. So I think that one of the key things is addressing things early and. Mm. Communication is key. So finding the right time to speak with somebody Mm. in the right situation. So making sure that a a conversation is confidential and away from, you know, the rest of the working environment. And then thinking about your own emotional response, I think, is a really critical component and often one that is overlooked. So unless you become sort of quite uh, self-aware, I suppose, and sort of in tune with you, you know, with yourself, yeah. you may not yeah. even be aware of your own emotional response in situations. So, you know, it's not just the things that you say, right? It, it, it's how you say it. It's your yeah. body language. It's, yes. it's all of that. It's all encompassing. And I think in a challenging situation, 
you know, taking a minute to step away and kind of collect your thoughts a little bit can be really helpful. And then sort of, and then really though, taking that forward and quickly looking to address it. So not letting it fester and just being really mindful about the way that you take on a challenge, I suppose, and how you raise that with Mm. somebody else in the workplace. And as you're speaking, and it's hard when you've got, you know, a lot going on in your mind, but just trying to be aware um, of how you are coming across, I think is really critical that you're coming across in the way that you, you know, you want to be presenting to the other person. You don't want to antagonize a situation or exacerbate it in any way. And that's so easy to do. You know, it's easy for for leaders, just like anybody else, to allow emotion to rise to the surface. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, I didn't mean to say that that way. Oh, wait, I didn't mean to say that at all. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. And once it's out, it's out. So (laughs) That's exactly it. How how does a leader grow in self-awareness? You've come across that a couple of times. How, how does a leader grow in that? How do you how do you get better at being aware of how you're coming across or or how you're leading when it's hard to see the whole picture when you're in the frame? How do you get better at that? That is a tricky one because you know I suppose you don't know the things that you don't know. I sure. think we often see things coming out in you know some of you know some things like the 360 degree feedback can be really mm-hmm. helpful where that's done you know that's a fairly common workplace sort of assessment tool that you see use and that can be really helpful but that's not always available for yeah. a leader so some more general feedback can be useful although i think you know there's sort of a caveat around that that it needs to be sought from a trusted person that uh, that, you know, that has your best interest at heart. So, yes. I, you know, I think you just need to be a little cautious on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, some feedback can be helpful in a direct sense. But then I think more broadly it's about looking at sort of at how things function, if you like, with your team. So mm-hmm. um, there's telltale signs as to sort of how effective your leadership is in areas where you might need to improve. So things like you know, how your team manages a situation where they've made a mistake. Do they come straight to you and talk to you Mm. and and say, you know, I've made a mistake or I would Mm. like your help. How can I best address this issue? Or are they demonstrating that there's some level of fear in coming to you? So they might try and cover it up or Mm. um, they might try and take it on themselves, even though they perhaps aren't as experienced as they need to be to do that. So that those types of behaviors can help you, you know, there's sort of little indicators in mm. there, I think, that That's tell good. you there's something else that you could be doing. Um, another key one that I see is, you know, um, I suppose, again, it sort of comes back to a communication point that sometimes, you know, I've seen leaders say that, you know, they're having challenges with their team, that they're not sort of delivering what they've asked them to deliver, Mm. but perhaps they're not explaining clearly um, what exactly it is that they want their team to deliver or perhaps they need to cater, you know, their language or the way that they explain something better to suit particular team members. Everybody learns things in different ways. So, Mm. you know, I think there's lots of little indicators there. It's just a matter of um, it's it's almost like sitting back and starting to sort of look at how things function in your team Mm. and then trying to pick up on some of those cues that there might be some areas where you could, you know, I suppose, build your own emotional awareness there. So, yeah. 
That's really good. And and I love several things that you said there, Belinda. I think that so often it, 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 among, a, among a team, you know, frustration happens because of missed expectations, you know, and so often those expectations were never clearly laid out. They exist. They exist in the mind of either the leader or the team member, but they were never clearly stated. And if there's no clarity, how can you possibly meet an expectation that's unclear? Um, and the other thing that, that you're describing, you know, increasing your self-awareness and finding that trusted voice. I mean, this is part of what you do as a coach, as a leadership coach who comes alongside of a leader and helps them to to learn to see what they're not seeing, to to know what they don't know yet, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that really is the the key part, I suppose, of being a coach is, is knowing the right questions to ask someone so that they start to think about things in a different way and from a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of leaders listening today that are, again, at various stages of their leadership journey, if you could share one piece of advice with them, what would that be? It's a really good question. It's hard when there's only one piece of advice, isn't there? I think <laughs> I think there's lots of pieces of advice. But, um, you know, I actually think the communication one is probably, like that topic is probably the biggest, one of the biggest ones for me. So I, I think my one piece of advice would be to take a look at your communication and probably increase your, your the cadence of your communication with your team, even if it's mm. just by a little bit. So it's not to say you should <laughs> turn excessive and, and hover over your team. I'm certainly not <laughs> implying that. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes just a little bit of extra communication can go a long way um, yeah. with a team. And then, you know, and I suppose extra communication, but communication that has been considered. So going back to the earlier point around, you know, how might you be able to improve your communication? So mm. whether that's, the, you know, the type of communication, you know, the way that you're communicating, you know, whatever it might be. So sort of having a think about how you can, how you can better communicate and then perhaps just increasing slightly um, the, the frequency in that communication to really build up that engagement with your team. Mm. I love that. You know, most of the leaders that I talk to are voracious learners, and I would imagine that you would fall into that category. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All information is good information. <laughs> so we learn from so many sources, but books seem to be uh, still in vogue, whether they're digital or paper. Is there a book that has made a big impact on your life that you would recommend that leaders read? I think I could probably go back to um, an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think how to win friends and and influence mm, people is yeah. still such a great book, and it was one that I read very, very many years ago, and it still resonates for me today. So I, I think it's a great starting point. So good, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. That's fantastic read. Highly recommend that. I know our listeners are going to want to stay connected with you and continue to learn from you, Belinda. What is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thanks so much. If anyone's listening and they'd like to connect with me, the best place is through the website, larilla.com.au, and you can book in a time to have a chat with me if you like. Love that. We'll have that link in the show notes as well. 
Belinda, I really appreciate your generosity of spirit in sharing so much from your journey with our listeners. I know people are going to benefit from this. You've added a lot of value today. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I have a couple of requests for you. I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to find this podcast. Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you, and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20-plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a next step with a coach who can help you to intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. And stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.